Hey everyone, we're super excited to be here tonight. This is our first podcast with uh, Dr. Mike the Lung Doc. Uh, we're excited to start bringing a series of podcasts to you, uh, interviewing intriguing and interesting individuals who have had either an impact on medicine in Chattanooga, or medicine anywhere, uh, just uh, or are unique individuals that offer something unique that we have to tell their story. And uh, I've had the opportunity to cross paths with many great people, including physicians uh, that I have invited to come here. And we're super excited to have our first um, person who's making an impact here in Chattanooga. Uh, Dr. Jim Bush, an interventional radiologist, is here with us tonight. And we look forward to talking to him about his background, how he got here, and where you're from. Uh, welcome, Jim. Mike, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Cool. It's good well, to be the first. Always first. And we're. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll get into that because I know you got a lot of firsts uh, that we'd like to talk about. So talking about, um, as we introduce you here, before we get started, I want people to know what an impact you had on our practice here. You know, we came into Chattanooga. I have a passion for pulmonary, for helping people breathe better again. I came from Houston, uh, Texas, where I did all my training, Baylor College of Medicine. And for various uh fortunate events we wound up here and super excited to be in Chattanooga and I'm hanging up my shingle to start my own private practice in pulmonary medicine and I remember being scared to death I had no patients I had no office I was looking around for a place uh, to have a, a desk and exam rooms and we were introduced to each other um, by a mutual colleague and uh Fortunately, you had space available in your building here with your radiology group with a cardiologist who happened to leave town. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember uh, having a conversation with you about how we're private practice doctors. And I was honest with you and I said, listen, I'm just starting off, I have no money. Uh, I have no patience. Uh, I need two exam rooms in office, which you had available. I said, can we work that into uh, some way in my lease that I can pay it off over time? And, and you extended the opportunity to me to say, yeah, we, that's something that really we can do. That's doable. That allowed me some breathing room to open up my shop. And I remember sitting in this office right here with a plastic Costco fold-out table, two plastic chairs. And my first hire is my practice manager, who she's with us today. And she, I remember Wendy sitting here on that chair with a, her own laptop. And she tells a story now, 10 years later, how... She felt more that she said, well, I'm just going to have to help this pathetic doctor. Uh, <laughs> there's no way he's going to survive three months. Uh, so she said, I'm going to help him out, just get things set up. But I don't expect much from him. Uh, but I had a passion and a drive to be successful, to be independent, and to deliver quality pulmonary care. And after about three to four months, I had a growing census of patients and, you know, uh, paid back uh, the support you gave me, and we've been going forward ever since. We've been going on 10 years now, I think. And now we have nicer furniture. You do. Uh, state-of-the-art equipment and delivering state-of-the-art quality care pulmonary uh, with your help with our patients. And I just want to say thank you. I appreciate that very much. Sure. That's the kind of guy <laughs> Jim Bush is that we're going to be talking to tonight. That's awesome to be here. It's really cool. It's a good story, Mike. I love it. And your your kind of origin story that we'll talk about a little bit is like how you grew up in Chattanooga, right? And, and how'd you wind up went, leaving Chattanooga to go off to do what you did to get ready for medical school? Well, I grew up on Signal Mountain, yeah. which is Chattanooga, basically. Yeah. Uh, Chattanooga was a very different place in the uh, 
late 70s and 80s, uh, as you probably know. You know, Walter Cronkite dubbed it the uh, dirtiest city. The most city Chattanooga, like in the 70s, the most polluted city ever. In the country, yeah. yeah. Pretty famous footage. And, and uh, so that's not why I left, but went to high school here, had a good education, uh, went off to college uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Now, Millsaps College. You also had uh, you vacationed quite a bit with your dad out in the Carolinas. Is that right? That's correct. I think you're, I know where you're going. With you're a big this. sailboat guy, right? Yeah. So um, when uh, I was in high school here, uh, yeah. we used to uh, we had a place in Seabrook Island, Seabrook, yeah, which is just south of Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and we would spend a, a lot of time during the summers there. Uh, we had a place, and or dad had a place, and mom, and we uh, had a Hobie cat. So I'd spend a lot of time sailing every single day for about a month or two. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there are a lot of kids running around down there, so that yeah. was also a lot yeah. of fun. And you're not the type of person who likes to just do it on smooth, sunny sailing days, right? Did you, no. The best time to Hobie Cat is when? Uh, tropical Depression. Tropical <laughs> Depression, right? <laughs> I'm not sure it was good, but, you know, it was exciting. Um you We've had to get a little airborne, I guess, right? There is. I've done that before, so I'm sure you've heard the story where uh, this this was just pre-storm, big winds, and uh, we would have fun sometimes to go over a sandbar, and it, hopefully it's deep enough that, but the waves crest, uh-huh. so you can launch the boat and get completely out of the water and get over the sandbar. Well, no, just uh, and land back in the water. But unfortunately, one time it was with my father. Yeah. We landed and we. And the water wasn't deep enough, and we drove the um, <laughs> the rudder right into the sandbar, and then the boat snaps to the side, and then popped it right off the back. And so oh, we're okay. out in the middle of you know uh, no, uh, the ocean uh, in a and, storm, and and just cracked the rudder off the back. So, and we're standing there because the whole boat's just wrecked, and me, I'm up to my my shins in water and looking around, going, "Oh boy!" And so. Uh, basically what we did is we flipped the boat around to take one tack on the hull that was still intact <laughs> with the rudder that had not fallen uh-huh. off and just pointed it in that direction and just went all the way and back you know, to the shore. One hull lifted all up the and way just in. a straight line until you hit the shore. It, it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, how did you wind up to, you go through Signal Mountain, you're finishing up high school. What made you decide to pursue you know, what college you want to go and how did that influence your pursuit of going into medical school? Um, it's a good question. And my father's a physician. Uh, he's a radiologist and he is a, a very cutting edge type of radiologist, as you yeah. well know, world expert now in prostate. And he practices here now. So. He does. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he is a very good salesman. So when I was in high school, I had a lot of interest in medicine and I would follow him to the hospital and get a sense of what he did. And I was very fascinated with the science of medicine and then helping people. Right. Uh, helping people was probably the primary yeah. piece of it that, you know, later I learned the science of it all. Right. But it was the part that fascinated me the most. And it was also a challenge. I always enjoyed a challenge. Your father recalls a story when I interviewed him in preparation for this uh, about how he, he said to me, when he, and you may not know this, he thought one of the most unique characteristics that you have is that particularly in your sailing days and growing up is that you could talk to anybody. <laughs> and I said, and I always laughed because I said, well, Joe, so can you. <laughs> uh, but he said, whether the person was eight years old or 80 years old, you always knew how to strike up a conversation with them. And is that just inherent in you? And you, that was part of, did you learn that like on the beaches in Carolina or did you learn that just, that you're just innate in you? 
Well, I'm sure some of it's genetic then, uh, yeah. if it must be, or nature-nurture yeah. kind of thing, based upon my father having that same trait. But um, it's always a way to try to relate to folks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something that uh, helps me a lot in medicine, trying to take care of patients. Um, you quickly need to develop some level of rapport with your patients, and right. it translates into trust, right. especially when you have to do something that, um, you know, impacts their their lives uh, and puts them at risk so and puts them in your skilled hands so it it is something that i've been blessed with a little bit but you know it's always nice uh, you know meaningful conversation is always good you know and so, it adds to things so it adds a lot of value so but, you want you wind up in where in college so um so beginning with that my dad was pretty influential and in trying to me think about med school and i had kind of made up my mind that I wanted to be a physician actually before I graduated from high school. Oh, you did. And so um, I got into two colleges uh, that I wanted to go to. I got into a few colleges, but really one, the main one I wanted to go to was College of Charleston because I had spent so much time in Charleston, um, loved being there, uh, and um, had a bunch of roommates from high school that wanted to go there, had a dorm room and everything. you had sisters and stuff went there too, right? Well, here, that's the kicker on the story. So, um, I uh, basically was all set to go, set up in the dorm room, and my dad's like, he, he's like, dude, he went to a, w- to check out the place and saw how fun it was. Uh-huh. He goes, you'll never make it into med school if you go there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, Dad's last chance yes. to have an impact on your life. He did. So he pulled the rug out on that, and um, one of my good friends uh, was also going to Millsaps College. So I went and interviewed there. Yeah. And um, I had played tennis for Baylor, too, so they were very interested in me. And so uh, I got in there, and it's an excellent academic school. So I was excited about it. He was like, just give it a year. If you don't like it, we'll let you go back to Charleston. I was like, all right, Dad. If I do, I want a sailboat on the heart. I want to be like Don Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) We're dating ourselves now. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And so um, that was the deal, but I ended up enjoying it. Uh, It was a fantastic educational experience. So I was there in Jackson for four years. And uh, basically, you know, got my major in biology right. and chemistry. Anthropology was the other one. So I was, oh, you're a triple, I really got. Triple major? Yeah, they wouldn't let me triple uh, because of, I'd have to write it. I've had to write a thesis in anthropology, but I had the hour credits. Yeah. I really enjoyed anthropology. And so I spent all my additional credit time to in a liberal arts college so like, to get uh, that. you like the real time uh, radiological Indiana Jones. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could like see soccer that. too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. And um, then, so from there, you, you knew going into college, you were going to, from high school, that you were going to choose a career in medicine. I did. Did you know you were going to be a career in radiology? No, did not. Um, I liked radiology. I liked anatomy. I liked the complexity of it all. Um, I like to solve problems, and you get a different problem thrown at you very yeah. frequently in radiology. So, um, it's not boring in that aspect. So it was something that fascinated me. And so through, uh, you know, college, I basically made sure I took all the advanced courses I could so I could yeah. do well in med school. Um, and then uh, you're doing great. You are going to go to medical school. Uh, many people may not know this, but you went to Beth Israel, right? Uh, yeah, Beth Israel uh, Deaconess. Deaconess, yeah, part of the Harvard Health System in Boston. Uh, I'm sure you got into many places, but that's the place you wind up landing, uh, putting your feet down on. And you were there for how long? I was there for um, 
Uh, six years. Yeah, six almost six years. I'm trying to think because I did two fellowships, but I pretty almost I knocked those out in almost a year. What but were the two the, fellowships you did, or what were the two skill sets that you get? So diagnostic radiology so you knew is that, a five year residency, but I did my one year internship elsewhere, okay. uh, surgical thing, right. and so um, so it is just total of five years in Boston. So. Uh, and so I completed my radiology residency there at Beth Israel Deaconess in, in Boston, which was my number one choice. I really enjoyed right. it. Um, and then we, I ended up doing an interventional radiology fellowship for the subsequent year. But in between that, you can take if you fin- if you finish a lot of your credits, and it's very common now. Yeah. But it was pretty new back then. If you finish a lot of your courses earlier, do very well, or pass these certain tests, you can do a mini fellowship. Okay. So I did that in musculoskeletal. Okay. Uh, so which is sports kind of sports imagery because right. you were big into soccer yep. you're like uh, athlete you're like okay i'm gonna be part of the sports medicine world as well as a radiologist yeah and it was cool because uh, i love soccer and so that was one of the things that i did a lot of when i lived in boston was play a lot of club soccer but new england baptist is the hospital that has all the athletes so you know okay. it was i moonlighted there plus fellowed there and so i would um you know get to interact with, you know, the Boston any, Red Sox. Any famous, and, yeah, I was going to say, who, who are your famous athletes you came across? I saw their x-rays. And <laughs> <laughs> well, Home run I, hitter it's of funny the you say that, but, you know, there is a snapping tension syndrome on, on an ankle uh, that okay. a certain pitcher had. Uh, well, you might have saw blood in a World Series thing on the edge. That's where ah. the, uh, the perineal tendons snap anterior to the lateral malleolus and come back. It's a tear of the superior perineal retina- retinaculum. And... Yes. Is that a career ending? I can't mention a, names. Yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> so, career ending no. injury? No, but it has to be out for the season, probably. Well, you, well yeah, yeah. I don't know how I was surgically treated, but yeah. typically they'll attack uh, that retinaculum down so they don't snap forward. So, at this point, your dad has this large radiology practice down here, or had helped start, founded it, or helped be part of that process, and that's growing, and, and it was just a natural fit for you to come into this practice or how did that work it out? was and the fact that um i wanted a practice that was as you said a private practice and very uh independent so you could practice medicine the way you wanted to and why so is could, that important to you what what makes you and i different than uh, you know uh, some of the uh, larger corporate employed models you know i have my philosophy on it i think um we we share something similar i think is we like yeah think technologically more innovative move faster quicker more personal care i mean what what why was that important to you i, I mean pretty much all the things you said yeah. i the key is those things are important to me right you you mm-hmm. want to deliver high quality care uh you also want to deliver uh, a good patient experience uh, so when you use quality it's going to be related to you know the accuracy the diagnosis the quality of the equipment the patient experience which is related to them walking into the door and when they you know or completed with their examination, um, and if you if you're in private practice, you can impact every touch point that where the patient is associated right. with your care. Right. If you're in a healthcare system, you probably you will be able to control your personal interaction with the patient, but you'll have as that a as you move away layers. from that, uh, you're going to have less and less impact. So, you know. You might have some impact while they're in your office, but less so when they go out. Like they might have problems with the billing company that makes them so mad at the healthcare system you're in, or might have a very hard time getting in to see you, so it takes months to see you. And if you have cancer, waiting is horrible. Right. And so, uh, and that's important for us, particularly me yeah. as a lung doctor, lung cancer, and dealing with you guys as radiologists to 
efficiency of care and delivery of state-of-the-art quick care makes a difference for not the patient's impression, uh, certainly the quality of the care, the ability to deliver timely treatment plans. Uh, We get a lot of feedback about how important or how wonderful it is really that our patients can see us on, let's say, on a Monday Mm-hmm. And I can walk them right down the ha- hallway on the same day to get their CT scan. Or I have a relationship with uh, a radiology group that uh, um, is cost them less, honestly, is, uh, in, if they're price shopping for and comparing. So a lot of patients are much more smarter with the economics of medicine now. And they ask me questions, well, how much will it cost me to get a CT scan in the hospital compared to over here? And I say... Well, I don't know all the the costs. I just know that all my patients' feedback is for them, it's much cheaper to be here. And by the way, I can do it on the same day generally, maybe the next day. Um, But the hospitals tremendously, sometimes the larger um, organizations are more expensive. And so it's not only economically better for the patients, it's quality and satisfaction is higher with them. And it helps us out because we deliver better care. Absolutely. Um, you know, from an imaging experience or any outpatient experience, uh, again, there's a convenience factor that comes into play. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times we can control the quality. Uh, frequently, you know, our, our definitely our, our technology has always been leading edge in the Chattanooga market. And so yeah. even with the hospitals that seem to have that have more funds. You were the first time. radiology group in town to have. What? Digital mammography. Digital mammography. Pet. First in town to have PET, pet scan. PET CT. Pet we CT. actually had a PET CT. We were the first private practice group in the southeast to have. In the southeast. To have PET CT. That regional. We impact. actually had PET CT before there were even CPT codes to bill for it. So um, we've always been leading edge. We were the first digital yeah. mammography group in Chattanooga. And, and the you, first national center the f- of breast excellence in Chattanooga. Yeah. So you have um, uh, what else? You, I mean, when I look at the list, I'm like, first of this, first of this, first of this, first of this. But it also, it's not just being first. It speaks to the fact that uh, when you came, you, you settled down now here in Chattanooga, you're, you're a radiologist, but you're not just a interventional radiologist extraordinaire. You're also... <laughs> Uh, a fluent businessman uh, and insightful with innovation. The no, I feel, and I don't want to speak for you, that you just have a unique ability to sense what's right to do for the future and seize on technology, which is what we're trying to do as well, to move organizations forward and deliver better care always. And you seem like you're always ahead of the game than all the other places. Um, where did you learn that from? Or how did you, is that just also just innate, like your ability to speak with anyone who's 80 to 80 years old? Or is that something that you made an effort to learn at school? Or how did that happen? It's probably a combination of both and some luck as well. Um, when I was in Boston, um, I had a pretty strong IT background coming in to Boston. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, video games. They'll teach you how to program. If, yeah, right. if you don't like the way this is, you work your way around it, and then so you learn. Uh, and then you also can get certain advantages if you can make your set up your network more efficiently. Mm-hmm. A lot of those skill sets translate very well into radiology. So when I went to Beth Israel Deaconess in Boston, um, the current CIO 
uh, got a uh, chairmanship at one of the smaller Harvard hospitals outside of Boston. Um, and so they needed somebody with some knowledge of this. And I was the only person that kind of spoke, you know, geek, IT, right. and then radiology, and radiology medicine. Yeah. And so uh, they, I went along to a lot of these meetings with somebody who was a business guy. And so they were basically like, all right, I'm the guy, I'm the figurehead. I'm going to be the vice chair and the CIO, but dude, you're going to have to advise me. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to teach me about business and teach me about organizational skills and all this other sort of stuff. So, I mean, I, it was kind of a quid pro quo, right. but it was a good trade. And so I did that for four years of, of the five that I was there. So, And then that is translated into, you know, one of the unique things here is the fact that not only can I walk our patients down to the imaging, but we have, you know, I think you were one of the first people who had an app for the phone that I could access imaging on the look at my patients. Uh, imaging, you know, maybe I, I'm at home at night or I'm traveling and giving a presentation anywhere in the nation. I can look at the imaging that I did yesterday in my office that you did for me, and it's on my phone. And then you have a data center here that's so huge. This ironically, so you talk about that. I won uh, the Rinkin Ray Award. It's a national award okay. based upon porting our educational material into a CLIA, which is a PDA. Remember those so yeah, many CLIAs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, IPAC. I remember having one of those. So I, I used a web crawler to parse our website. With It had all the educational material, which included images and everything, to allow it to be read offline. Because nowadays we all have cell phones. You can right. access all this technology instantaneously. So I would do live updates and push those files to those when they had wireless, or wireless yeah, access. Yeah. And then it would keep the content completely updated, including schedules, everything. And so... You know, and it helped the educational piece because if residents are trying to learn, they have quick access. Like we take advantage with Google now. Right. Yeah. They they just had access. They could search and actually search these Harvard archives to kind of get case files and everything else. Yeah, I can remember. Sort of improve the educational experience, and it, it was kind of cool. So, you're cutting edge. You know, one of the things I try to bring to the table in these talks is our um, your impact on medicine and your impact today, and what I would emphasize and I think is you know your impact uh, you know I like to hear what you think but for me what I, I view is your you and your group with digital radiology uh, uh, is you bring firsts to the city of Chattanooga to the community the southeast region you're first here you're first there and you're an innovator bringing more firsts you know what's the next first that you're going to bring here in the next six to 12 months, what do you think? What, what do you predict will be your impact on medicine in the next six to 12 months? Um, I always friend. have good ideas, yeah. um, but usually I don't share them until. <laughs> smart man, that's a smart entrepreneur right there. The, um, I like people to go, dang. Well, I think, I, no, that's important. I think technology is shifting so rapidly that you and I are always, um, I don't want to say experimenting, but, but we have the unique ability in the positions we're in and the practices that we run to try new things and see if they work and deliver better care and are better for the patients, make our jobs easier to deliver health care. And some of them work and some of them don't. Right. But we try them. And we're always yeah. trying to make an impact on So that's one of the benefits of, of private practice, like you said before. You, as you practice and you gain experience, and your knowledge, and if you are entrepreneurial and you are um, thinking towards the future, you'll say, "Okay, there's a better. There maybe there's a better way to do this." Right. Um, and 
and then you may ask around or see if there's somebody out there who's an, a cutting edge person or a leading edge or, or the pioneer themselves. Right. Right. And you try to learn from them and see, okay, right. Boy, that actually does look like that's going to work. And many Let times, me put that in place in my practice. Let me see what's going to happen. Yeah. Let me try that. And, it, and we're not talking about experimental technology or anything like that, but something to improve yeah. um, access for the patient or the speed of the procedure or, or reduce the risk of the procedure. Right. Something. For along example, I know that my patients have been very appreciative of that the ability for us to offer options. And, and when I tell them, you know, you, we do an informed consent, which is the process of talking to the patient about what the risks and benefits are. And then I outline them the, the reasons why we like using, you know, you. And, and they often ask, well, why am I going over here? I said, well, these, we do things differently there. And these are the capabilities that will reduce your risks. And it's always um, uh, the feedback from patients is um, great. And they always feel a little bit safer knowing that they're in good hands. Um, so that's, I think, you know, those are, that's impactful on our day-to-day -day process. For impact, I mean, I think that's your impact on medicine is the- We try, I mean, first. It's, it's always, um, we always try to push the envelope with quality. Um, yeah. And, and, tech, and technology is, uh, impacts a lot of radiology quality. Uh, the individuals as well, so we all try to do subspecialized reads. and. We were the first in the world to have a completely integrated solution for radiology, the first, Singo Suite. That was back yeah. in the late 2000s. Um, and what that did is another, it allowed... Another first. <laughs> it, it, allowed, it allowed us to read like, you know, like a Harvard. It would, you know, we we're right. a, a smaller radiology group, but we could read subspecialized reads in the late 2000s. And it, we, had, uh, we were blessed to live in Chattanooga, which is has such bandwidth that we could move images around Chattanooga. I mean, before we were known easily. as the gig city, it had a T1 line, T3 lines, all the important pipes and EPB fiber, which is a very innovative company as well, which I'm trying to get the, their CEO, who, I, who is my neighbor, to come on yeah. our show, talk to him about the importance of high bandwidth. We were their spokesman because we were a, a, you I, know, a great, um, you know, uh, poster people, you know, for medicine and how it actually impacted I medicine, remember seeing but. your picture. On one poster one day, like first came into town, I said, Look at that. that's the guy I just leased my space from. He's on a commercial for EPP talking about, you know, EPP bandwidth or whatever the, the thing was. Well, that's awesome. It's true. It really did impact patient care. I mean, and that's what it's all about is how do we impact quality of care, patient care, and still, and I like having fun. You know, you say we're not experimenting, but I like having fun trying new things to bring something. Um, less risky or decrease their mortality, improve their treatment options for my patients. And I'm willing to try it, and I think it's great. A couple of things, uh, uh, things we like to say, uh, recommend it. What, what's your favorite book that you'd recommend to anyone to read? One of my favorite books, uh, it's always stuck with me, um, is a, a book that I read as a child called Ender's Game. Ender's so I really Game. enjoy Ender's Game. It's a, it's a really cool book about, um, they made a movie about it, which the movie is, Okay, it's, not, it's a little uh, disappointing if you. Most a lot movies of books are, are like that, though. The book is always better than the movie. True, but it, it's it's cool in the fact that it's uh, just a, a a child as as they transform into more adult type responsibility. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like about Ender himself, he's a problem solver, yeah. and he can think about problems outside of the typical dimension. So if you think, if you approach a problem from a different vantage point, a lot of times you can come up with a more novel and successful solution. Yeah. So uh, It reminds me of the movie uh, Wrath of Khan. 
where uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Captain yeah. Kirk and Spock are sitting there, and they're about ready to get destroyed in the nebula. And uh, Cap, uh, Spock says to the captain, well, if you, uh, you know, uh, Khan thinks two-dimensionally, you need to think three-dimensionally. It's true. And that's when he takes uh, the USS Enterprise, and instead of moving in an XY axis, he shifts it and floats down on a Z axis. And then Khan doesn't know where he's at, and he pops up behind him and destroys him. Great movie. Fantastic. Speaking of which, name your favorite movie, best movie you've ever seen, favorite one. Empire Strikes Back. Oh! <laughs> Here we go! Hype! I knew, I would hope, I was hoping you were going to say that, because... Uh, you know me too well. We, I know you well. We're big fans. I'm not sure if you can see in the back here of... the. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Millennium Falcon. Empire Strikes Back is my best Star Wars movie as well. Although I think Last Jedi was pretty good. It, it got a bad rap. Um, I really like it. The Force Awakens was pretty good. And I actually like... Rogue One? Rogue One. I yeah. actually like that movie. Very good. Everyone, I like that a lot. Spoiler alert. Of course, everyone dies in the end. But it set up the story about how they got the Death Star plan. So I thought that was really cool. It's uh, funny you mentioned that one, the scene that you liked uh, about the Wrath of Khan, which yeah. I also love that as yeah. well. Um, my favorite scene in The Empire Strikes Back is where the Falcon, you know, of course, can't yeah. go to hyperspace. So it's sitting there, and it's trapped between three Star Destroyers. And they're all on the XY axis. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's just like... All right, forget this. Boom, and just drops into the z-axis, and the whole thing, the yeah. whole scene kicks off. Yeah. So it's really it. cool. Yeah. You can't beat that. And that's how we always think. Um, in medicine, I like to think we are problem solvers, and sometimes you have to think in the z-axis. It's very true, right? And finally, just kind of wrapping things up, I always like to end by talking about, you know, your legacy story. Um, and it's serious topic i guess because what i like to say is what is our legacy what what would my legacy be when i'm not here anymore i want people to remember something about me you know certainly my wife and kids will um and you know that family unit is extremely important but i like to leave a lasting legacy of some sort and i think knowing you and, and seeing your family you know your, your dad joe bush world renowned now he's got this unique um expertise I think he's probably the top five radiologists in prostate cancer worldwide. Um, so you already have you're, you have uh, big shoulders to stand on already, or big co coattails. But what do you see your lasting legacy for your impact in radiology in this community or the region, of the world, moving forward? Or what, what would you like to see happen? Uh, you know, how, how do you? I think you've already left a legacy, honestly. <laughs> but what do you? want to achieve in the future well I, in some ways i think i'm a little too young to kind of know what my legacy yeah, is going to be right. i mean um i'm probably midway through my career i hope uh in, in that form um what i do know that i've always kind of strive for is to try to strive for excellence right. and always be better uh everyone makes mistakes but you always try to learn from mistakes and not make them more than once and so i think that's how you continue to strive towards excellence and so I always try to have that culture around me uh, right. and try to in, infect other people with that kind of belief because uh, teamwork, another thing I've learned with another passion of mine, which is soccer, yeah. uh, is that a team is stronger than the individual. And so um, I, I really enjoy seeing a, a functioning team right. because the sum of the parts, uh, the, the team is more. Right. Is, uh, some of the parts is bigger than the, the, uh, the whole 
The well, it's kind of like uh, I like to refer to Steve Jobs. You know, his kind of thing with think different. I know that was a commercial, but that was he, his impact. I, I still remember that commercial and to think different. And then you have uh, Martin Luther King, who always said like to the mountaintop. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I hope for you and for me one day people will think of us and say, you know, have some phrase that they remember. Oh, to the something, you know, and they go, oh, that was Jim Bush. Uh, who knows? Uh, who knows? But I think we're, uh, uh, we're doing great things for patients. Uh, I appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, the opportunity to Thanks for having talk me. to you and, and explore a little bit deeper about who you are and your, how you got here. And uh, um, I just want to uh, say I, I thank you for being a part of our practice. And th- uh, I think it's fun working with you and i think we do great things for our patients and i look forward to doing it more in the future but other than that uh you know let's go out and have some dinner and uh we'll wrap this up it's good teamwork man thanks